I spent the last week with 400 of my closest teenage friends, and uh, I got to tell you, it was an absolutely amazing week, but I got one quick story I'll tell you. I cannot show you because it would be weird for me to take my shirt off in church, but I have five nice paintball welts that go in a perfect line right down to my waistline here. But um, but I tell you, Thursday night was amazing. Thursday night, I had the opportunity to pray with one of our kids. By the way, Friday, we baptized six of our teenagers um, in the Suwannee River. Had a chance Thursday night to pray with one of our girls, grew up in church, been in church all of her life, but had never actually prayed and asked Jesus to be Lord of her life. And so we had this great conversation, and then I said, you know, you want to you pray now? And she said, yeah. And so prayed right there, and, you know, officially led her to the Lord. She had knowledge of, but now she began a relationship with. But what was the best part was, was that um, as soon as we said amen, we weren't even paying attention, but obviously there was somebody standing right here. It was another one of our girls. And so I, I prayed with her and we said, amen. And as soon as I said, amen, this other one walked over and went, my turn. Put out both her hands, like my turn. And I was like, oh, okay, now serving number three, you know, you know kind of thing. But uh, absolutely amazing. So I want to say thank you for so many of you that helped with scholarships and all of that kind of stuff. And, and let me say this as well. Thank you for your giving. Uh, because what you don't know is, um, or some of you don't know, is that, is that Camp Anderson has a very um, amazing relationship with the Department of Children and Families. So they are recognized as the camp for foster kids from the state of Florida. So imagine that. Like this is the state sending them to Jesus camp. Think that through for just a second. I don't know, something... It's just kind of weird, kind of like a, a church being in a school. It's just weird stuff, you know. And um, but uh, but what's amazing is is that you don't know, but you're giving. You sponsored a little girl named Jordan, who's a foster kid, and she got saved last week. And so, thank you for your giving, uh, because you sponsored, and then also because of your giving, every one of the foster kids, which there were 33 foster kids at our particular camp, every one of them got money put into their canteen. Uh, because they've got a canteen where they can get Cokes or candy bars and all that kind of stuff. And just in an effort for them not, not to feel different, you know, and to be able to do what everybody else is doing. Um, you guys put $10 in every one of their canteen accounts for them to be able to do that. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for what you do and your faithfulness there. So grateful for that. Um, by the way, welcome. If it's your first time here, welcome. Uh, we are really glad that you guys are here this morning. So excited. A couple quick announcements, and then I cannot wait. Um, really excited about the word that God has for us today. First of all, let me talk about Thrive. I'm wearing my Thrive shirt for a couple different reasons. One is, don't forget youth group tonight at the Thrive Center. They are having what they call a hello, goodbye party. What they're doing is they're saying hello to the new up-and-coming sixth graders that are now moving into youth group. They're invited to come tonight and get introduced to the youth group for the first time. And then also they're saying goodbye to our seniors. We're kicking them out. They're old has-beens now. So we're, right? Um, just kidding. But no, we're, we're sending them off tonight. So Eden will be doing a hello goodbye party tonight. But then also I want to tell you, church, really excited. Tomorrow, the teen center opens finally through all this stuff. So really excited about that. If you want to get involved with the Teen Center, know more about it. Make sure you catch up with Eden. She would love to talk to you more about that. Also, next week is we're into July. And if you've been around Church of the Lakes long enough, you know what July means. July means family game night. So 
Family game nights start next week. Uh, we uh, are, haven't decided what we're starting with, but one of our favorite is slip and slide kickball. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. But check the website, check the Facebook. We'll be announcing all that. Typically, we'll do it down at Pear Park, which is south on 27. Uh, on Sunday nights, it's just family game night to be able to come out and have some fun and do that. So come and join us. But I want to jump into um, what is the, the actually the last. So if, if, if it's your first time here, we're actually at the end of a series, but I want to catch you up a little bit. Because we've been studying the book of Daniel. The Holy Spirit really spoke to me to switch kind of what I thought we were going to be doing this month because of everything that was going on in the world around us and the crazy culture (laughs) that is going on around us. Anybody see any craziness in the culture? Everything's just kind of normal in your world? No. People have lost their minds. Come on, somebody. I I mean, we we have, and and, and let, let me say it better. We have lost our minds. Come on, we're all part of it. Uh, we're kind of all part of this craziness. We're all part of this, this cultural thing that is going on. So what we've been talking about is how can we be what God's called us to be? How can we be influential in this culture and yet not compromise to this culture? Like how, how do we live in the midst of this chaos? How do we live through a, a time period where, Lord forbid, you say something or post something, Right? And it's going to start a whole thread. And the next thing you know, we're going to be going at each other. And so we've been walking through the story of Daniel because Daniel was a guy who was put into a pagan culture, into a different culture. And yet, and he never compromised, has some amazing stories. We went through the the fiery furnace and, you know, there's a story of the the, uh, lion's den. And these are moments where he did not compromise. On the other hand, what we're going to see again today is he consistently had influence. He was consistently uh, someone who changed the culture around. So some of the things we've been talking about, just to catch those of you up that may be new to what we're talking about, we talked about what culture's goal is. What is the, and when we say culture, or when I say culture, what culture is, is really, it's the collective of us sinful beings. Come on now, right? It's the collective of what we created as normal. Like that, that's our culture. Like this is what's normal around us. And so we talked about what is the goal of culture around us. And I think the goal is this, it's to change your identity. The the goal of culture is to give you a different identity or a new identity based on what they think your identity should be, right? As opposed to the identity that God gave you. The reality that Psalm 139 says that he knew the days he he had appointed for you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And so you, you have an identity, you have something that, uh, you have a name that God calls you. You have a plan and a destiny and a purpose that God has, has implemented that he sees for your life. But culture is trying to get us to change our identity. And the way that, that, that culture will test that is through something called compromise. Right? That, that we might compromise a little bit. It's not, this, this, is, this, is, this is not like a big lie. Right? Like this, this, this is a little white lie. Come on, we've all done it. Phone rings and your kid's standing there and you go, tell them I'm not here. Right? Like, like, like we, we do this, this and, and culture's gonna test us in that way to compromise. What is culture's sin? What is the collective sin and the issue that we're all dealing with when it comes to our culture? It's, it's, it's pride. It's pride. It's, right? That, it, that it's, that's all about me. It's the way I want it and how I want it and when I want it and where I want it. And, and I get all offended and upset if things don't happen 
in the way that I want it to happen. And last week, we talked about what is culture's tactic? How, how, is, how is culture dealing with us in a way to try to get us to do all these things? In, in a way to get us to change our identity, right? To compromise and, 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 and to make it about all us? Well, it's distractions. Anybody busy? Anybody's schedule just kind of a little overloaded, a little packed? It's crazy in our culture that busyness is like a trophy. Think about it. You don't ever walk up to anybody and go, so how you been? What you been doing? Absolutely nothing. Because the thought in your head is loser, get a life. Because we have created and prized, oh, I'm busy, 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 man, I'm packed, I got many kids. I mean, like there's something that we've created in our culture that makes distractions prized, busyness prized. And the problem is, today we're going to talk about, you know what culture's biggest need is? It's you. Your culture's biggest need, listen to me. Is you. This might freak you out, but that's God's plan. Like, you don't live in the Leesburg area, Lake County, Sumter County, wherever you live in this region. You don't live there for no reason. You live there because providentially God has put you here for a reason. You think you lost that other job, so you had to take this job. What you don't realize is that God has placed you there for such a time as this. Right? The reality is, listen to me, you are God's plan A and there's no plan B. It's us. What does culture need? It it needs you. It it, it needs me. So how in the world, because for some of us, just to hear those words, we go, (laughs) Me? Like, I, no, 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 like, like, okay, maybe Pastor Mike, because you're Pastor Mike, you know, I'll come and like maybe work in the nursery a little bit and kind of support the vision of the church or that kind of, but, but me, and what you don't, you don't need to understand is you have no idea, idea how often I look in the mirror and go, me, me, God, like, I know what I think. Come on, somebody. I know all the words that I don't say that y'all don't hear me say, but go through this noggin of mine, Right? And listen to me, what you need to hear is God, his, his provision, his blessing, his favor, all that he has for this area is in you and me. It's, it's tied up in us. So how in the world did we get to a place where culture is so anti the church? Think about it. Like if, if we're, if we, if we're plan A and we're got, why is it that like when somebody talks about church, the words that usually come are hypocritical, judgmental, right? Like these are, these are the words that, that actually come. And I want to submit to you today, maybe it's because we've thought it was somebody else's job. Maybe we've thought, well, that's the pastor's job or that's some of the leader's job or that's instead of understanding, listen to me, sitting in every seat today, listening on video today are a bunch of people that have been called a bunch of Daniels, 
a bunch of Jesuses that have been sent to exactly where you are to make a difference. Well, that begs the question, how the heck am I supposed to do that? Right? Right? Like, because immediately you start to think, let's look at a little bit more of Daniel's story and kind of help us with kind of that thought today. I'm going to pick it up in Daniel 6, verse 1. It says this. It pleased Darius. Now, I want to catch, say this to you. Darius, this is the third king that we're going to be talking about. If you remember, it was Nebuchadnezzar that took him into exile, right? His son, Belshazzar, we talked about last week. Now we're talking about a third king. So Daniel has lasted through three administrations. I just want to point that out. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. Satraps are basically like governors, Okay, so they're governors of regions. 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. Daniel, a foreigner who's not supposed to be in that place. Why is he put in that place? The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel, catch these words. Now Daniel so distinguished himself. So distinguished himself. I need you to catch those words. I need you to grab those words because that is the calling that God has on you as a follower of him to be what this culture needs. Listen, that you might so distinguish yourself. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We get the idea of distinguishing ourselves a little twisted. So I had one of my foster kids when he moved in with us, he was goth, right? Well, we called it goth. What do y'all call that now? Is it emo? What would you call it now? Emo? Okay, he's emo, right? But he was goth back then. All black, trench coat, black fingernails, combat boots, just, you know, ticked off with the world, right? This kind of scenario. And he moved on, on Halloween. I always say he came dressed. But, <laughs> but when it came time, I was like, you know, we got to get you some clothes. We got to get you some stuff. <laughs> He was like, all right, I'm going to go shop at, does anybody remember Hot Topic? Yeah. Right? There's still some of those that are out there every once in a while. You know, I had a, I had a kid in my youth group who, who used to, he said he created a new tagline that they need, needed to use for Hot Topic. It was for all your prepackaged subculture needs. Right? What a perfect tagline, right? Prepackaged. And I, and I want to say that because prepackaged. Because here's the words. He's like, I want to go to Hot Topic, blah, blah, blah. I want to get this and that. And his words, what he said to me was he said, because, well, I just like, I just like different. I just want to be different. And I was like, different? We're going to a mall. To a store that's in every mall around the country. And you call that different? I said, I'll tell you what, dude. I'll, let's, let's do this. I'll take you to Joanne Fabrics. We'll get a whole long bolt of red velvet, like red velvet, and make you a suit. Wear that junk to Leesburg High School and see if you don't distinguish yourself. (laughs) Right? But listen, as much as we might pick on him and kind of laugh at his expense right now, do we not do the same? Do we not try to distinguish ourselves, catch this, in things of this world... And then call that distinguishing ourselves. Because, yeah, it's a big deal to get into the NFL Hall of Fame. But there's a whole bunch of people that have been in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yes? Like, Like, it's a big deal to become a millionaire. There's a whole bunch of people that have become millionaires. 
like throughout history and all throughout time. Like when, when we stop and think about, listen to me, culture around us wants to distract us to the point where we're distinguishing ourselves, but we're distinguishing ourselves in earthly things. Are you, are y'all tracking with me? But that's not what this is talking about here in Daniel. That, that he would, that he would so distinguish himself. Let me keep reading. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps. Listen to these words. By his exceptional qualities. That's the title of today's lesson. Exceptional qualities. Exceptional qualities. Qualities that are distinguishing. For any of us, listen to me, to make a difference. You can only make a difference if you're different. I picked on one of my girls recently because she got a pair of shoes, right? And she got some vans. And we were looking at all the different vans. And I was like, ooh, I like these. They're like checkered and they got colors. And all. she's like, doesn't match everything, right? And, and so we had, we had this little thing. But she ended up getting the vans that every other kid has. And I couldn't help but think of that scenario. Isn't that the case? Like we want to distinguish ourselves, but we want to distinguish ourselves safely within this culture so that we don't so stand out, but I want to stand out enough to have status. Is anybody tracking with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? Like like I'm 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 gonna wear the right the right name brand so I can distinguish myself, but I'm not wearing no red velvet suit. Because I don't want to, is anybody hearing what I'm saying to you? Like the, the twisted scenario that our culture is, is, is doing to us and we're all doing it. We are all doing it. Is that we're distinguishing ourselves, but not in exceptional. And exceptional means something beyond. In other words, something beyond this world. Right? Something beyond just what we see around us. You can become exceptional at being worldly. And lose this game called life. Does that, does that make sense? Right? And, and, I, and I feel like God wants to say to us this morning. Am I focused on exceptional? Let me say it this way. Supernatural, not natural qualities. Am I focused on? Because that is what set Daniel apart. That's what gave Daniel the ability to be in a pagan crazy culture yet have influence and never compromise in the process does that make sense so so important that we kind of grasp that you know he didn't do it listen to me daniel went through i told you three administrations three kings think think that through like you would think well this one knew daniel and he got to know him but when the new guy came in foreigner get out of my you know you're not in leadership anymore no 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 He so distinguished himself and his exceptional qualities were so known that he went through three kings and yet he was still put over the entire kingdom in the scenario. He didn't do it because he had great business negotiation skills. He didn't do it because he knew how to manipulate people. He didn't do it because he was a brown noser. He didn't do it because he was politically savvy. Listen to me, that's none of those things. And yet those are the things, if we're honest, or because he has the network, right? I just, I just need a network, right? I need to make sure I go to all the chamber meetings and have the right network. Listen to me, nothing wrong with that stuff for business, but are you hearing what I'm saying to you, right? That that is not how Daniel found himself being exceptional. And I want us to look at how he did that we might consider how we would do this today. It's funny, uh, um, in 20 years of ministry, 
cannot tell you how many times I've had somebody come to me and go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just called to preach. I'm called to preach. Pastor, you got to put me up on the pulpit. And I, every time that I've ever had anyone like that, I typically will put some challenge to them. You know, like, hey, I tell you what, um, do me a huge favor. Like, we can talk about that. But the men's bathroom over here is a wreck. Could you go clean up that bathroom for me? And listen to me, somebody who can't clean a bathroom is not ready to take leadership. Let, 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 listen to me. That's, some of y'all are kind of, everybody else is like, I'm cleaning no bathroom. Listen. Listen. Right? It's, 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 it's about character that gets developed. Like this is what God is looking for inside of us. God is looking for a people, listen to me, that'll do anything. That'll do anything. I, I know a guy who went to rags to riches and he's our lighting guy, lighting guy for the president now. And I asked him, what do you, what do you, what, how come you're successful? What got you to where you are? And I'll never forget the words he said to me in the old theater as we're putting up lights. He said, I'm just willing to do uh, things that nobody else was willing to do. Never forget those words, right? It's a matter of, it's a matter of character inside of us. And, and, and so talent, listen to me, talent's only going to take you so far. Because you know what the foundation of something solid when somebody's got talent? It's character. This is why people have moral failures because they only get to a place where their character can't hold it and then they have a moral failure in that scenario. See, character is the issue and what we need to consider. So let me keep reading. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. You can imagine, really, the foreigners in charge of everything? Are you crazy? So they start looking, man, is there anything we can find problem with him? Charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. And neither corrupt nor negligent. And that means he had a work ethic. Come on, somebody. He wasn't lazy. Enough character to have the work ethic also in that process. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, I love this. They kind of threw their hands up. We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. You know what my goal is for you? My goal as your pastor is that people would say that about you. That's my goal. My goal is to help you so much develop who you are and the character of who you are and who your family is. The people look at your family and, and maybe the world will be a little jealous. And maybe the world will spit some criticism. Come on. And all that. But when it really comes down to it in your conduct and your character, they can't find anything to say. Because you know what? When they get to the end of their criticism, you know what their next step is? To ask you to pray for them. To ask you your opinion when they're going through a struggle and some kind of issue, right? Look at this, look at this verse in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And boy, we'd love to stop right there and go, there you go. Go get them, God. Come on, God, show up in Leesburg High School and bring some freedom up in this place. Come on, God, show up in Leesburg downtown. Show up in neighborhoods in this area. Come on, God, go get them, God. No, 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 no. What I tell you? Your plan A. Next words. And we... And we 
who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. What's the plan? The plan's you. The plan's me. Where we are reflecting his glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. We're growing in who God has called us to be, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. If we're going to make a difference in this world, we're going to have to be different. If we're going to make a difference in this world, we're going to reflect God's glory. All right, now we get into another place because now, okay, Pastor Mike, that sounds good. Nice Sunday school lesson. But what the heck does that look like? What does it mean for me to reflect God's glory? Like, like how do I do that? Like, do I buy a, a mirror? Let me give you some real practical on that reality. But I got to get a little deep in this. So forgive me a little bit. For those of you who like it deep, I'm going to get a little deep for a second. Because I'm going to talk to you about a verse in Revelation. Revelation 4, 6 and 7. It says this. Check this out. In the center around the throne. So this is the throne room of God. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes front and back. Now, whoa, before you get all freaked out. Okay, listen to me. Daniel is a prophetic book, which means it speaks prophecy that we're reading from. Revelation is a prophetic book. So when you read it, it reads like a sci-fi. Come on, somebody. Right? It's got some kind of funky stuff and all this. But, but stay with me on this. They were covered with eyes front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. And the second was like an ox. And the third had a face of a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay? And here's what scholars believe. What scholars believe is what you just heard are the attributes and faces of God. Like that this is actually, and as a matter of fact, let me back it up with this. Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 1 and 10 says this. Their faces look like this. Each of the four had faces of a human being. On the right side of each was the face of a lion. On the left side of the ox, each also had the face of an eagle. Ezekiel goes on verses later and says this, let the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Are you tracking with me? So if you and I are put in this place for this specific time to make a difference and do something. And our job is to reflect the glory of God. Maybe these faces give us some idea of what the exceptional qualities are that we might have to reflect his glory. Does that make sense to everybody? Let's walk through them. Here's where we get a little practical. Here's where let's, let's look at and consider our own lives in this area. Number one, the ox. The ox, listen to me, it's the face of a servant. The face of a servant, because an ox, what does an ox do? Well, an ox carries things, yes. An ox pulls the plow, and or, check this, an ox might be given as a sacrifice to cover the sin of someone else's lives, right? The ox is a servant. Let me ask you, how many servants do you see in our culture? No, it's me. Me and my, I'm going to get mine's. Right? I, 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 I'm going to get mine. I, I'm going I'm to make sure I'm taken care of. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to, come on, let's, let's be honest. When you go to pull out of here today, you're going to be pulling out of the parking lot. You know, you know where I'm going. 
right? And if we were like Jesus and Daniel, there would be a backup in the parking lot. You know why? Because there'd be two people at the front going, no, you first. No, no, you first. No, 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 you first. And everybody's going, oh, somebody. But no, that's not really what we do. What do we do is, oh, I'm in here first. Come on, some, come on, you know, you know that you have been that person coming on to an on-ramp onto the interstate and you're doing the whole, please, please, right? Kind of thing. And then as soon as you get in the other person, you're like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> don't lie. Listen, that we might take on the heart of a servant. And what that means is we serve everyone else. And in our culture today, that's not normal. Like you're, you're told to make sure you take care of yourself and make sure you have your things. But the reality is, is Jesus took on the spirit of a servant. Daniel served. I love it in the verses that we were reading. It says that, that the leaders, the king, never lost anything while Daniel was in charge. You know what that says to me? That says to me, Daniel was like crazy attentive. Like he's paying attention to everything. Are you okay, king? You need this. What do we need? How do we need to take care of this? Right? Remember when it said he was negligent in nothing? So he's, he's paying attention. Why? He's serving the king. Why in the world would he serve somebody from a different party? We'll just let that one sit for a second. Why would he serve somebody from a different culture? Because he had a heart of a servant. Because this is an exceptional quality. This is something bigger and above and more than. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? Right? That this is, this is who God has called us to. You are to be a servant. Like, we don't come to church because I like the music. We don't come to church and whine when somebody sits in my seat. Listen, I'm here to serve. If you're, if you're more comfortable here, please, please, please. Oh, I sat down here and somebody else, please, please sit. Listen to me. That's the heart. These are, these are exceptional qualities. This is who Jesus has called us to be. That we might serve, Right? I got to tell you, my back was killing me all week last week, sleeping in that crazy bunk. And I'm sleeping under a foster kid that he was reliving his whole life every night. Just moving, moving, moving. You know what I mean? And I laughed because I was preparing this message in the the whole time. And all I could think was, be a servant, dude. Be a servant, dude. Right? But listen to me. Like, that's why you're called where you are. We said it this way since we started the church. Wonder precedes the word. Wonder precedes the word. When people look at you and go, why are you, why are you doing that? I love it when people look at you like, Pastor Mike, you're the senior pastor. Why are you still going to summer camp? Well, because I got to pray with two kids to accept Jesus. How many did you pray with this week? Listen, listen. Are we putting ourselves in places to serve? Are we putting ourselves in places? Listen, I'll say it this way. Are you uncomfortable? Are you ever uncomfortable? Because you should be uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable often. Why? Because it's not about me. 
It's about everyone else around me, about me doing what I do to make sure everyone around me is feeling comfortable and loved and purposeful in their life, even if they're the biggest jerk on the planet, right? Servant's heart, a servant's heart. Why Why are we meeting at Leesburg High School this morning? Like we've given enough money away to build a building, right? Like, I don't know if you know this, some of you know, but we're creeping up on a half a million dollars Church of the Lakes has given away. Whoa, whoa, don't clap. That's God's glory. Let's don't take his glory. But hear me on this. Listen, listen. That's a, that's a good start on a building, somebody. So why are we doing that? Because a bunch of foster kids got to eat some Snicker bars this week. Amen. Right? Listen. Right? This is why we serve. This is why we show up and set up and do the things we do. This is. And these exceptional qualities are going to make our community and the people around us go, why? What do they do? I guess I'm just going to have to go check it out and see for myself. Right? Are we living in such a way where somebody might call us a servant? First Corinthians 9 and 19. Though I am free and belong to no man. Stop. That's an American statement. I got rights. Don't tread on me. Don't tread on my rights. Right? I have the freedom of speech. I can say whatever the crap I want to say on social media. Though I'm free and belong to no man. Listen. I make myself a slave. To everyone. To win as many as possible. Right? Like that, that it's no longer about me and it's no longer about my rights. And it's, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I get tread on. It doesn't matter that I have to deal without. It doesn't matter that I might lose in this situation. Because I'm not here for me. I no longer live the life that God is, that, that, that I think is mine. I live the life that God has created for me to live. That is an exceptional quality. Does that make sense to anybody? Exceptional quality, number one. Number two, the face of the man. The face of the man represents relationship or love. Love. People want these days to have doctrinal debates and political debates. And what's amazing is I have yet to read a a thread on social media where all of a sudden it pops up Oh my gosh, you're right. Anybody ever read that one? No. No, because you know what? Can I say this to you? Nobody really cares what you think. They don't. They don't care what you think. Especially not until they know that you give a rip about their life or care. Right? It goes back to relationship. We've got to establish a relationship to be able to speak into people's lives. We say it this way at our house quite a bit. When we have relationship with somebody, a bridge gets built, right? There's a bridge that gets built between you and that person. And any messages or communication that you have to send across that bridge to the other person, the bridge has to be strong enough to hold the message up. So if you've got a two-ton message and you've got a little tiny bridge, the message is never going to get to the other side. Why? Because I haven't established enough relationship. I haven't established enough caring and understanding between this person for them to go, you know what? I really love you. So grateful. I think like three times now since we started the church that Mr. Wally has rebuked me. I mean, and I'm, and I'm grateful. I mean that. Like, like came to me, but he didn't come to me and go, Pastor Mike, you suck. 
right? He didn't come to me and go, okay, loser, let me explain a couple things to you. No, that's not what he did. He came to me and said, you know how much I love you? I think you're doing a great job. But you know what? This particular thing that you said I thought was off color or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And because of the relationship, listen to me, I took it, right? Because of the relationship. And so the face of God, listen, the, one of the faces of God is just relationship, is love. Is that we would take the time to build relationship with people. You were meant for relationship. Now, I get it. People are crazy. Come on, somebody. Anybody testify to that one? People are crazy. People drive you crazy. Some of y'all work with crazy people. If you can't think of the crazy person in your office right now, it's you. <laughs> right? Everybody else at their church right now is going, oh, yeah. I'm thinking of, anyway, but, 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 but listen, but it's about building relationships. And so you've been put in that place to build relationships so that you might share love. And that's the exceptional quality. Because when you look around, I don't see a lot of that. I don't see a lot of people that are doing exceptional relationship with the thought that I want to better their life. There's back to a servant's mentality. Right, that I might serve and better them, but I'm going to build a relationship to them so that the message and the things that I have to say to them, that I can say to them, hey man, this is kind of out of whack. This is kind of jacked up in your life. This is what God's word says, and I love you, but I want to help you move forward in that. And the reason the world says hypocrites is because we hurl things at them with no relationship to hold up what we're hurling at them. Does that make sense to anybody? Right, that we're called to do relationship. <laughs> I love this verse, John 13. This is Jesus. John 13, 34, I love this. A new command I give you. <laughs> He's about to tell them to love. If you don't read humor in the Bible, you're not reading your Bible properly. <laughs> love has been told them forever and ever. Like you're supposed to love, you're supposed to love, you're supposed to love. And now he says, hey, hey, I got a new idea. How about you love somebody? And I almost picture God doing that to us. Hey, hey uh, new idea, United States. How about putting a little love in your posts? How about putting a little bit of love in the conversations that you have about politics or race or whatever it is that are all these big struggles inside of us? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you. How did he love us? He hung on a cross for you. He was beaten to a pulp for you. He took all your sin and all your punishment, took it upon himself. Come on. And then he looks at you and says, love one another like that. Right? That, that, that's back to, back to a servant's heart. As I have loved you, so you must love, must. That's an interesting word. Must love one another. But this, this all men will know that you're my disciples. In other words, nobody out there is going to know you're a Jesus follower until they see that scenario. It is by the love that you have. It is by the relationship that you do. It is the reality of us loving the unlovable. Come on. This week there was this one particular young man and he was a foster kid and I could just tell, I have no idea what his life was like, but it must have been hell. Because he was kind of obnoxious. And for whatever reason, come on, y'all. You ever been the person that attracted the obnoxious kid? Come on. And that was me. 
right? And he wanted to come over and it started with, he wanted to talk about weightlifting and muscles and, you know, right? All this stuff, right? And, and, and it's funny because I found myself first of the week just kind of like, hey, how you doing? There's Joe over there. He wants to talk to you. Um, and, and, and I couldn't help but think of how often, really, if we're blunt and honest, listen to me, that we shun off. Let me say it this way. We shun those who don't have something to give us. We give a lot of attention to those that we think we'll get something out of or out of the relationship, right? But, but love is that we would love all. Number three, I got to get moving. Number three. Third face is the face of the eagle. Face of the eagle. Anybody ever seen an eagle? Man, nothing better than just watching an eagle, right? You ever seen an eagle like take off? Like it, it just, just like, you know, you start singing my country tis of the, you know what I'm talking about? Like those moments, there's just something majestic, something amazing about an eagle. And so the eagle, the eagle represents honor, dignity. Let me say this word, excellence. Respect. You want to talk about qualities that are exceptional, that we're having a hard time seeing in our culture right now, those would definitely be some. We've lost the concept of honor. Listen to me, respect is earned. I got no problem with that. Honor is just given. Honor is just given. Young people, you honor your parents because they're your parents, period. I'm not asking you to respect them. I'm telling you the word says to honor them. Here we go, adults. I'm telling you to honor your boss. Even if you don't respect them. Even if they get on your nerves, right? I'm telling you to honor your neighbors. Because we're to love our neighbors. See, these are words and these are, these are exceptional qualities. Because our, co- our culture has gotten so crazy to the place where it's what I get out of relationship. What I want. What is culture? Sin. Pride. We talked about that earlier, right? And so we're in this pride thing. What do I get? How do I work? How does this work for me? How does this? And it's all coming in this way as opposed to, whoa, 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 honor, excellence. God wants you, I'll say it this way. God wants you to live a wow life, right? He wants you to live a life that people just kind of look and go, wow, okay, that's impressive. Not so that you can, get trophies and accolades and all the things of this world. But because when you do things of excellence, it says that you will bring glory to my father in heaven and then they will see your good deeds and know him, right? That we might reflect them. So you go, all right, how do I do that? All right. How about let's start with clean your car, clean your car. I love it. Um, so I'm giving this away. If anybody in the future watches this and wants to try to come on staff, <clears throat> Mr. Wally, the first few times that we had somebody come on for an interview, first question he asked in the job interview was, what's the first thing you do in the morning? And what he wanted to hear was, make my bed. L- listen, make, make your bed. Clean up your car. Clean up your room. How about your garage? That's a, con- that's a conviction for me. My garage looks like Katrina hit it right now. But listen, listen, I'm serious. I'm, I'm really serious. I looked at my office at home, my home office, yesterday as I was going through this again and just like, this is not excellence. I got a little work to do. 
Like this is not wow. This is not somebody coming in and going, this is different. Like this is something more. What is it about this person? Because listen, that is the kind of things that people are going to look at you and go, can I talk to you for a minute? Because I need your advice about something. Are you, are you hearing me? That, that it opens that, that reality of that door. Be the first and the last at work. I'll say it like my wife says it. Early is on time. On time is late. And late is never acceptable. That's the way my wife tells the kids all the time. Right? Listen to me. Not just because it's the right thing or what else. Because what is it? Our pride. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't like being told what to do. And it's no big deal if it's just five minutes. It is a big deal. Why? Because you're the people of God placed in this place to give an example. Right? That somebody might look at you and go, wow, what's different about you? Wow, what are the exceptional qualities of you? And why do you, hey, why do you do those things? Let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about what he's done in my life. Right? This is, this is one of the, the faces of God. Mark 7 and 37. People are overwhelmed with amazement. This is talking about Jesus. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Love that description of Jesus. He does everything well. He does everything with excellence. He does everything with this, this exceptional, supernatural quality that makes us wonder, that makes us want to know him, that makes us want to understand him, that makes us want to ask him questions. Like that's, and that's, that's the description of you and I. He goes on in Matthew 5 to say it this way, you're the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt makes things better. Your job is to make things Okay, five of you got it. Good. Right? Better. Make things better. You are there to make your job better. You are there to make your neighborhood better. We are here to make Leesburg High School better. We have been placed in all these places because we're the salt of the earth. And it goes on to say, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. What does light do? It makes things brighter. You have been placed in this particular time period, in this particular place, to make this area better and brighter. Better and brighter. And how are you going to do that? By reflecting the glory and the attributes of our God. And it is the heart of a servant. It is those who focus on love and relationship. It is those who do things with excellence. Number four, last one, then I'll close. The face of the lion is the face of boldness. Boldness. Right? Listen to me. I'll say it to you this way. There's some really loud voices out there talking about different topics. But as a Christian and as the church, this is our America too. Come on, somebody. And the church needs to be willing to stand up. And I think right now we're scared to. I think we're scared to because we know as soon as we say something, the thread's going to start. As soon as we say something, we're going to get hammered. But listen to me. The key is, the key is that we do it with kindness. How did Jesus address the woman who was caught in adultery? Think about it. I mean, can you picture the scene? They drag her in. She's naked, which is kind of weird and awkward for her, awkward for everybody else. 
throws her down and she's in the dirt here. The guys are here. And they're like, what do you say about this scenario? Because they're trying to catch him in a place. And what does he say? He says, after they walk away, who condemns you? And she says, no one, because they've already walked away. And he said, neither do I. And then he says, but go and sin no more. We've been talking about it and talking about it for the last four weeks. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. We've got to be bold enough to speak truth. Listen to me, we've got to be wise enough to speak it with grace. Right? Right? Worship team, you guys come on up, get ready. We're going we're gonna to close out today. We cannot be silent in who he has called us to be. We've got to speak. Proverbs 28 and 1, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So how should we live in this culture? Well, looking at the faces of God, the reflections of God, these characteristics that I'm challenging you to consider this week. Servant, the heart of a servant. Relationship and the way that I love and do relationship. And there's not a person including the person talking right now that couldn't work on their relationships a little bit. Come on, somebody. Healthier relationships, better in the way that we do it, a little less insecurity and defensiveness in the way that we do it, right? And all that we would work on our relationships, that we would honor and consider excellence in the way that we do things. Come on. This week, there's a couple things you probably need to clean up. There's a couple simple things that you probably need to do because you just need to appreciate what you have and what God has given you and the way that you take care of it. Why? Because somebody else is watching and paying attention to that. And then we've got to be bold. We've got to be bold in this time period of absolute madness. But remember grace and truth, right? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. I'll bring it back. John 1.14. We read this before. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That is Jesus We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came to the father full of, say the words, grace and truth, full of grace and truth, grace, because we all need a savior. Amen. Look around some pretty jacked up people here this morning. And I say that. With all seriousness, like you laugh and we're laughing and I'm being kind of silly. But on the, on the other hand, you are looking at a really jacked up person. We're all sinners. We all, all need his grace. When we get to the point of being hypocritical is when the point where we've forgotten how much grace we need. And all of a sudden, someone else's sin is bigger than ours. Right? Grace, because we all need a savior. But truth Because it's the only thing that sets people free. It's the only thing that sets people free. What did the Holy Spirit say to you today? Like, was it in one of the particular four faces of God and the glory? It is in the area of grace and truth and the way is it in relationship? What is it that the Holy Spirit has said to you today? Or maybe... Maybe it's for the first time you're kind of hearing God in a different way and you're going, I've never started a relationship with God. I would love to do that today. So I'm going to ask you if you would just close your eyes for just a second, bow your heads. Let's just pray. And I'm especially going to pray for the, for the fourth face, for the face of boldness, for you to be bold in 
whatever it is that God has just spoken to you, whatever it is that God is saying to you particularly, because it's really easy, especially if you're here and you're married or you're here with some people that you know, it's really easy to sit there in this moment and think, man, I sure hope so-and-so was listening to that part. Right? But today, this is you. This is, this is you and God. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you in this particular moment? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reality of your glory in our lives. How amazing that we can, we can actually live that that we can have those exceptional qualities inside of us. Father, I pray that that you would give us boldness to walk in what you told us, to make some changes, to physically do some things this week in the way that you spoke to us today, Holy Spirit. And with your your, your eyes closed and your head still bowed, if you today need to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna pray a prayer for you. They're just words, nothing sacred, holy about my words. What matters is the sincerity of your heart. So if you need to start that relationship today, maybe you would pray something simple like this. Jesus, today I give you my life. I surrender all to you. Thank you for taking my sin and for being my savior. As best as I understand, I'm gonna try to serve you for the rest of my life. Help me, God be bold as I begin a new relationship with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Would you guys stand? Team's going to kind of send us out in worship today. Let's worship a little bit before we leave.